Hello, everybody. Welcome to From the Sidelines. My name is Noah Tyree, and I'm here with Chad Davis, Devin Davis, and Josh Duvall. How's it going? How's it going? And today, we're going to talk about some sports. Feel free to follow us on our Instagram and Twitter, at TheFTSPod. Don't forget to subscribe to our iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube accounts. And send in questions or comments to us at TheFTSPod at gmail.com. For our mailbag segment, we do every other week. As we mentioned last episode, be sure to join our NFL.com Predict-A-Pick contest group with the group name being From the Sidelines. The link can be found in our Twitter. And let's go ahead and get into it. All right, to kick things off, the final season premiere of Game of Thrones was on Sunday night. What do you all think? Oh, I was very excited to tune in to uh, see what was happening between John and Daenerys. Um, I thought the introduction was a little slow, a lot of dialogue, but it culminated Hey, nicely. Devin, guess what? Yo, we don't up? care about Game of Thrones. We care about Tiger Woods. Chad, what do you think about that? <laughs> well, Tiger, I mean, what can you say? Just wow. I mean, after all the injuries he's had, his uh, and with his back especially, like he had spinal fusion and came back and won the Masters. And on top of that, all the scandals and struggles he's been through to come back after 11 years since his last major victory to win his fifth Masters. It's just it's just amazing. Uh, I'm I'm really happy for him. And also one last observation I have. He has the whitest teeth I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're not kidding, man. Uh, Let's put this into perspective for you all. Let's go back to 2008. The last time he won his Masters, Andre Johnson was leading the league in receiving yards in the NFL. The Miami Dolphins had won the AFC East. Matthew Stafford wasn't in the league, and Plaxico Burris shot himself in a nightclub. Also with Larry... (laughs) Well. (laughs) (laughs) And Larry Fitzgerald also lost in the Super Bowl that year, which I don't want to talk about because that's a crime. But... That's for another thing. This, doesn't that make you feel old? That does. I was going to say, that does make me feel very old. I remember that game vividly. I mean, on Sunday, what, what, what's it got to be like to be um, Molinari, where you're playing right alongside the the best player in, of all time, in my opinion, um, going down the 16th, 17th, 18th fairway, um, just in the presence of a living legend? Either, either he was purposely trying to throw so Tiger would win or he just did the ultimate choke job I mean he had that one shot in the water which was just yeah I think, it was, I think it was just a big choke that that water shot was just awful and that just allowed Tiger to get hot and mm-hmm. he just took over it's definitely a heartfelt moment uh, a lot of people across America um, were, were heavily invested in watching Tiger wearing red on Sundays uh, making the comeback uh, it was definitely a Powerful moment in the world of sports. I completely it, agree. It takes me back to a simpler time. It really does. Can we all make a unanimous vote that he leaves his hat on? Oh, that, yeah. That yeah. is the airline. On a track. The airline's, uh, that, <laughs> that airline's left back in 2008. Where uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's definitely worse than uh, LeBron's. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Moving on from the Masters. Let's talk about this first round of the playoffs so far. Guys, what has been your favorite game throughout here so far? Uh, my favorite game had to be the uh, Warriors' 31-point choke. Uh, that was a debacle of performance in the second half. Uh, Lou Will caught fire, couldn't be stopped. Uh, Landry Shamit hit the clutch three to put him ahead in the last uh, 30 seconds or so. Uh, nothing better than tuning in, seeing uh, KD foul out on a moving screen. 
um, see him whine a little bit, you know, just uh, just KD things. Um, and uh, it was great seeing the Warriors choke. I oh, love yeah. seeing I love seeing KD whine. It's like he just started doing that whenever since he signed with that team. Oh yeah, if there's anything that the Warriors are good at, it's blowing three one leads, whether it's three one in the finals or thirty one points. But uh, I really enjoyed watching Danilo Gallinari in that game and Patrick Beverly playing against KD. Uh, I'm just going to say this. If the Clippers pull this off, I will buy a Pat Bev jersey. Agreed. Uh, we'll, agreed. we'll hold you to that. We'll hold you to that. All right, I will. I, I will wear it the I, first episode I'm able to. I love <laughs> the Patrick Beverly getting under KD's skin the entire game. It, it's, just, it's just phenomenal. I, I love it. Well, when you let, what, 12-year-olds get in your head on Twitter, imagine what somebody like Pat Bev's going to do to you mentally. <laughs> <laughs> Just, that doesn't, <laughs> but honestly, somebody who's getting some unsung praise amongst a lot of folks here is Montrez Harrell. Uh, we all are Kentucky guys here. <laughs> we'll be the first to admit that. But this kid from the Ville is no joke. He's just not. And oh, yeah, he's he put up a double-double, 25 and 10, not – not to mention those two clutch free throws at the end of the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he had free throw trouble in college, so he's really making up for those problems. And I'm really proud of that man for it. As far as the Warriors go, though, I can't really deny that Steph Curry had a really good game putting up 29 points. He did his best to keep the Warriors in it. But but also Steph Curry was the one to miss a shot to put him ahead. So True, true. They just went cold down the stretch. Kevin also- Looney, though, he had 19 points. Kevin Looney. Yeah, he filled in nicely after they lost Boogie in the first half. He definitely s- stepped up, tried to tried to do his best uh, Cousins impersonation, but just wasn't enough. How sad is that Boogie injury, by the way? It's so sad. No. I can't believe it. Oh. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what am I going to do with my $5 million I signed for one year? I wasted my career. <laughs> <laughs> man that's what you get i'm sorry I, you wish injury upon nobody but when you go to pretty much collude the nba league to a degree where you're getting 70 percent chances to win an nba title you deserve what you get so that is quite the response from a uk fan there noah i uk or not that doesn't that doesn't excuse you from making very <laughs> well my my thing is he was playing in his first playoff game and gets hurt, plays one half and gets hurt. And he was this year, he was just using this year to prove that he was worthy of a, of a big contract for this upcoming off season. I, I don't know. I, my, I think, my heart breaks for him. I think he should have just stayed with the Pelicans. Him and Anthony Davis would have been like, they were like an amazing front court and they could have been even better. Well, I didn't know torn Achilles makes you go insane and makes you think to go somewhere else. Because that you're exactly right. Uh, they had something completely special there with Drew Holiday, with all all these surrounding pieces around them. They had a complete shot at getting to a Western Conference Finals team if they made the right moves. All right, moving on to another game. What do you all think about the game one where the Magic won? Hey, Josh, how was uh, how was your uh, DJ Augustine? Uh... What was that? What was that you said about him? I'm sorry. I'm I'm having uh, trouble remembering. What you? What's your comments? Oh, here. Let me let me let me reiterate that for you. Uh, I said that I didn't think he was a playoff point guard, but um, but he hits game winners in the playoffs. So yeah, 
And then 30 minutes of gameplay, uh, he gets 25 points, six and six and two rebounds mm-hmm. with the game winning three. Uh, what are, what are your feelings about this? That was a career night for him. Calling it, it's not going to happen again. Whatever, whatever you uh, say. Whatever you say, Josh. Whatever you say. What? What? Who else on that team is going to do anything besides Vucevic? Well, Aaron Gordon had a double double with ten and ten. <laughs> Barely. Uh, well, no, I mean that's something contributing. Evan they- Fournier had sixteen points. You know, he's a good shooter. He can, he can pop off at points and really give them a good offensive presence. Oh, and Michael Carter Williams in 18 minutes got 10 2 5, so he was doing his little thing off the bench. <laughs> Michael Carter Williams, that's a good one. That's a, yeah, that's a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys, give him, give him some credit. Not going to lie, I didn't even know he was on a team. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as far as the Raptors go, uh, Pascal Siakam, my boy Spicy P, he had uh, 24 points and nine rebounds. He had quite the game, and so did Kawhi with 25 points. But uh, are we going to really talk about the gym of that game? And everybody knows what I'm talking about. Oh, MVP. MVP. Lowry. 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 He He was uh, atrocious. He's just picking up playoff form. That's what what Kyle Lowry does in the playoffs. He's just returning back to normal. He literally scored zero points in game one and shot 0 for 7 from the field. And 30 more minutes of game. That No, that's unacceptable. If I was Nick Nurse, I would have taken him out the next game and not started him. But uh, you do you, man. You do you. He, he, he was a lot better in the second game. He had uh, 22 points and 7 assists. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I, I'm not really opposed to that idea of him being like a sixth man for them. Because I thought Fred Van Fleet had a solid game. He had 14. Mm-hmm. That's something that's always been up for debate, though. I feel like Fan Fleet, if he was given proper playoff minutes, because it's not his first time anymore, uh, he would do a lot more production starting-wise than Lowry did. I, th- I think it is time for Lowry to switch a role. I really do. I, don't I know think he would you... be a good six-man, honestly. I just don't know that you can pull your floor general off the starting lineup just off of a unfortunate track record of playoff success. Well, he's also taken a taken a dip this season. I think. You know, the more talent they get with Kawhi and Pascal, you know, I don't think he really is shining as much as he used to. I mean, he still had a plus minus of eleven and thirty in games one and two, respectively. So I, I don't know that it's necessarily Lowry that's the problems for them in the playoffs. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's true. Well, moving on from the Raptors Magic game, let's talk about PhoneGate. Now, if this <laughs> for anybody that's unfamiliar with what PhoneGate is, it's when a smart bench player that doesn't get a single minute into the game takes out his phone with his team down. Guys, what are your thoughts on Amir Johnson doing this? Yeah, I see if, no problem in it. If you didn't see this, you have to be living under a rock based on how blown out of proportion ESPN and Doris Burke specifically <laughs> calling the game. I mean, he was an inactive player. He has a really sick daughter, uh, assuming that's true. I don't know why it wouldn't be, but I believe that, yes, his daughter was very sick. Um, and I don't know. As I know it's a bad look having your phone on the bench while you're losing, I, but I really don't see a problem with it given the circumstance. Well, I personally, I don't know which is worse. Amir Johnson with his phone out 
Doris Burke making it a big deal on live television saying, well, we all know what that is. That's a text message. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a text message. I cannot <laughs> believe he's texting. Exactly. A cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> or ESPN making this news. I don't I don't understand what could make this such a problem. I, I think I think uh, probably the one thing that caused the story to gain traction was the fact that Embiid was involved. I mean, when your star player yeah. is sitting on the bench, I feel like maybe that might be a reason that they've kind of highlighted the story. Yeah, but he wasn't he wasn't even the one. He didn't have the phone in his hands. He wasn't texting. He was just looking over his shoulder at the phone. He was doing nothing. Well, the way people are telling – the way I was told this is that – it's during competition, and regardless about what the text messages are about, you have to understand that, and it can cause distractions to not just you but your team. And to the degree, I understand that. But I, I'm also the same person that puts family over sports, and I always will. So if it's about your daughter, you take out your phone, dude. I agree completely. I agree. Yep. I, and one of their counter arguments was that – if it was really that serious of a situation to not even be on the bench, stay in the locker room, whatever. But he just he wants to be on the bench supporting his team. I don't I don't know why he can't do both. He's inactive. He's not playing. I I don't I don't I don't get it. I don't get it either. All right, and on to the next game. I think we should talk about game two between the Pacers and the Celtics. I think that the Pacers, the Pacers definitely blew a lead to the Celtics, and Kyrie came up really clutch. What do you guys think about that game? I thought the only real productive, or at least came off as productive player for Indianapolis was Bogey. I think that's unanimously agreed. Uh, his, his 23 points came at a spark time. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, definitely. He hit a he hit a couple clutch threes there at the end. Um, yeah, now, he those was, were granted. Those were the like the only points they scored in the fourth. But he was uh, trying to single handedly hold that lead, and it was just wasn't working. Kyrie was just took over. Yeah, no, he Kyrie went crazy. He had thirty seven points. Like, well, not only not only him, but Tatum had a game of his own. Between him and Tatum, they had sixty three points combined. For the whole team, which mm-hmm. uh, that's music to my ears, really, because, you know, he's only 20 years old. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, like one person that I think didn't have a great game uh, offensively, but I think he contributed on like the boards and defensively was Al Hortford. He only had four points, but I think defensively and on the boards, he destroyed everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just plays smart, uh, gives a lot of effort, They're kind of a gritty, grinded out player. All right, now let's move out to Portland where the Thunder and Trailblazers play with the Thunder losing by 20. What do you guys think about that? Well, uh, you can't play 30 minutes and only score five points, Jeremy Grant. And you, you just can't. And 30 more minutes for Terrence Ferguson and only scoring seven. You can't get this amount of production from the players you count on most other than your big three of Adams, Westbrook, and George and expect to win a game. You don't. Didn't didn't I tell you guys not to sleep on Portland? I I something told me I just had a bad feeling. I was like, I think Portland's gonna come out strong. Well, it's probably because last year they got destroyed in the playoffs, and now they have a chip on their shoulder and want to make it out. But at the same time, I I shouldn't have doubted you because the Thunder did lose to a rookie last year. <laughs> That's a good point. Right. You're exactly right. 
The Thunder have just been really cold from uh, behind the arc this uh, playoff series. Um, they've been in the teens as a team, three-point field goal percentage. Um, kind of concerning, but hopefully uh, when they get back to OKC, they'll correct that. It's been, yeah, and- it's been abysmal. Their first two games combined three-point shooting is 10 for 61. That's literally 16%. That's mm-hmm. not yeah. good. And in game two, they shot five of 28 from three at 18%. That's awful. Really, the only shooting that they have on the team is Paul George, I think. Like, decent shooting. He's the only one that's made shots. Granted, he's taken a lot. And also with a hurt shoulder. Yeah, he's kind of been slight. Like, he, I don't know that he's back to full health. Like, he's not been the Paul George he was earlier in the year. I'm also not sure Billy Donovan is is working out. Yeah, he's not our guy. We nope. need to get him out of there. Sam Presti needs to fire the correct person and get him out. I think we. I never thought that we should have fired Scott Brooks. I thought he was great. I, I don't know about that. Scott Brooks had his faults as well. He he and liked it, to, he liked to play a little too much zone, for my opinion. But and it was harder to judge him because. Back when he was coaching, they had Westbrook and KD and Abaka and Harden, all those guys. I just feel like Westbrook's kind of a hard guy to coach. Uh, very unpredictable. Oh, not not yeah. a, uh, He's turned in more of a facilitator this season, but in years past, he's just kind of been a ball-dominant point guard. Difficult to facilitate much offense through a player like that. Uh, all right, moving on. Let's go to back to a game one. Let's do the Detroit Pistons and Milwaukee Bucks, where the Bucks blew the Pistons out one twenty one to eighty six. What are your thoughts, Giannis? Let's move on. All right, let's no, move on. on. No, no, hold on. <laughs> I have to talk about how bad the Pistons were. <laughs> they've lost 12, 12 straight postseason games, and. They didn't have Blake Griffin, granted. I don't think he was he could do much to stop Giannis anyway. But you're in the playoffs. You have to show up. You can't travel to Milwaukee and just stay at the hotel while the game's going on. No one had a ticket in that game. And it's just it's just unbelievable. Are we sure we are we sure they made it to Milwaukee? I don't maybe their <laughs> plane had an unexpected landing. I don't know. I don't know. But one thing I will give the Pistons is the unexpected performances from Luke Kennard. He put up 21. And, like, I think if he was playing like that earlier in the season, I think he could be a potential candidate for most improved player. Yeah, but if Luke Kennard is your guy, you're not winning a playoff series. I'm sorry. Yep. If Luke Kennard is outscoring Andre Drummond, if you're Andre Drummond, you can't get 12 and 12 in 26 minutes. We need you to be a 20 and 12 guy. But. Yeah, but it's difficult uh, for an eight seed to, uh, you know, overcome losing their best player for the, the first two games on the road against the M- MVP and best team, uh, best record in the league. Yeah, I think we're sure Giannis is MVP after, especially that game one, but game two as well. And moving on to the game two between Denver and San Antonio, my Kentucky boys, I know you're thrilled to hear the Jamal Murray happening. Uh, 21 fourth quarter points. What are your thoughts on this? He went off, and he went off in the best time that you can go off, and he definitely sealed the victory for the Nuggets. Absolutely. Getting 21 points just after scoring three the entire first three quarters. That, (laughs) (laughs) 
it's very promising to see that he can step up his game whenever it needs to be done. Yeah, better late than never. And one thing that I thought that was really good about the Nuggets is that they had four players that scored 20 points or more. And all four of those are starters, you know, with Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, and Nikolai Jokic. Yep. Nikolai Jokic almost had a trip dub with the 21-8-13 stat line. Uh, in 39 minutes, though, I feel like that's a little more underproduction for him, especially in playoff time. But it's nothing we can't expect. It's okay. There's been a lot of blown leads so far in the first round. The Warriors, the Pacers, and uh, the Spurs. Yeah, there have been a lot of blown leads recently. Um, I can't, I can't, you know, one thing I've got to say about the Spurs, though, is DeMar DeRozan. He had 31 points in this game. And uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, he also had a hot game. Derek White. Um, but other than that, really, there wasn't much production by the Spurs. Are all the players we make fun of just going to just make us look bad now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you you made fun of DJ Augustine. I made fun of Derek White, and they both had good, great games. Well, one thing I was right about was uh, Jakob Pertl. Just another excuse to say his name, but he didn't have a hot <laughs> game, so I'm, I'm proud of that. Well, if okay. that's the end of that uh, series discussion, we'll move on to the Rockets and Jazz. James Harden. <laughs> Yep, moving on. What are our thoughts on uh, the way the Jazz are playing defense, though? I mean, started putting Ricky Rubio behind the ball. As, uh, oh, yeah. Did you guys well, see that's, that? That's, kind no, of, that's uh, smart. That's smart because he can't step back, and you force him to drive, and if you keep the two big men down low, you got to go up with them. So he's forced to pass out. You just have to rely everybody else has a bad shooting night. Watching the Jazz the first two games of the series – it, they just look brutal to watch. They're terrible. They look lost and sloppy. It's just, it's just not a good, not a good few games for them. I don't think. Um, one thing that I thought about the Jazz was the underperformance by Donovan Mitchell. He only had 11 points. And when you're the star player of your team and you play 37 minutes, you just can't be putting up 11 points in a playoff game, especially against James Harden. Yeah, can't disagree with that. All right, uh, one uh, one question I have for you guys before we move on to some baseball. Do you all think that you can now root for Zion now that he's not at Duke anymore? I'll start rooting for Zion when the what did he have for breakfast comments go away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that day's coming, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> when when I could go into a comment section on any thread in any social media platform and not see his name, I'll root for him then. I don't think that's ever going to happen because he's one of the most hyped up players in NBA history. Like I, we'll I don't see. see that we'll see. I kind of want to, even though he's a Duke player, because he's just this freak of nature and his athleticism, along with that huge body, is just. It's just unheard of. And liking Duke players for me is really hard because they have that Duke stench on them. And it's just, ugh. But, yeah. You know, <laughs> maybe, I can't... Maybe one day. I can't deny the fact that he's talented. Nobody in this world can even deny the fact that he's talented. And it does give me some hope for the future of this league to think about the matchups he's going to have. I know it's an old LeBron, but him and LeBron, him and Giannis, him and Harden, like all these 
ideal matchups that everybody wants to see, I, I'm kind of behind that. And I, I'll root for that. I agree with that. All right, guys, I think it's time to move on to some baseball. Let's kick it off with the Tampa Bay Rays being the only team in baseball that hasn't lost a series this year. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, the well, opener the opener strategy has uh, definitely been working this year. Um, players like uh, Yanni Chirinos are uh, able to start in the second inning, start in the middle of the order. Um, pitchers that aren't able to go three times through the order um, are able to have the relief of the opener. And uh, I definitely think it's a interesting strategy that more teams across the league might want to uh, look into. Yeah, I agree. I think it's definitely a great strategy because, you know, it's definitely working out. They're leading the AL East by five and a half games, and that gap is just going to increase more and more, in my opinion. Well, apparently the AL East is very bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Anytime I hear the Tampa Bay Rays are leading the AL East, it's going to be a weird year for baseball. And it has been. When you go onto the ESPN power rankings and you look that the Mets were ranked fourth in their recent toll, um, it's kind of weird. It's definitely weird. Uh, one thing about the Rays is that they have an ERA of 244, which I think is really good. And their starters at 147, which is just insane. And I think that they've been doing great recently. Guys, I need to make amends real quick, if that's okay. I have to apologize to Chris Davis for jumping the gun with my Scott Shebler comments with him being the worst player in baseball. Right after I say that, Chris Davis of the Baltimore Orioles took the award from Scott Shebler. He broke the record for most at-bats in a row without a hit, dating back to September 14th. I think it was 54 straight at-bats, I think, before he finally got a hit. And none other than he got the his first hit against Rick Porcello, who's not been good at all. Like a four year old could hit a por- Rick Porcello pitch. Come on. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, and then and then I don't know. The Red Sox pitchers. It's, it's, what a shame. He took a Valdi yard. That's a that yeah, a yeah. And then he hit a dinger on a Valdi the next game. Uh, so. Today's game between the Royals and the White Sox, um, Tim Anderson hit a dinger off uh, Brad Keller, and he had an excessive bat flip uh, after the fact. And then in uh, Tim Anderson's next uh, at-bat, he was intentionally beaned by Brad Keller, and uh, both players ended up getting ejected, uh, bench-clearing brawl. Um, Do you guys have any thoughts on kind of uh, intentionally beaning players? Yes. Why are pitchers... Petty. Who cares if they bat flip? They went yard. They're gonna be excited. Let them bat flip. Don't, don't be a baby. Pitch better if you don't want them going yard on you. It's it's more of a statement to strike them out than to put them on base. I think. But yeah, you're just. I agree. Up, giving up another base. <laughs> the way yeah, I was feel extremely is, petty. The way I feel is exactly how Chad feels. So takes the word right out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a Brad Keller fan after that. He's not the only one that's done that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But it was just really, I think it was just really petty. One last thing about baseball before we move on are the Mariners. So they passed the 2002 Indians team 
for the longest season-opening home run streak in MLB history. The Indians' record was 14, and they made it all the way up to 19 games since the start of the season. And it ended tonight against the Indians. So pretty impressive uh, streak, if you ask me. Oh, yeah, I completely agree with that. Unfortunately, they've cooled off. Uh, they got shut out by uh, Carlos Carrasco today, but, you know, they went 8-1 and one on their road stretch. Um, impressive. But, yeah. Yeah, one of those games, uh, their home run street games, they only had one run, and it was one solo home run. Home run. <laughs> <laughs> so, whatever keeps the streak going, I guess. And now transitioning to our brand new segment, from the mailbag, where you, the listeners, can email us questions that you would like for us to answer on the podcast. And we we announced it on our Instagram, and we've got a few already. So we'll go ahead and get started. The first one, uh, dear FTS podcasters, I'm a big fan of the podcast, and I've been listening for a while now. I would love if you could answer a question for me. Who do you believe is the dark horse contender in the NBA playoffs, and how far do you think the Spurs can make it? Uh, as far as the Spurs go, I think that I think they can make it out of the first round. Honestly, I think that they could get past the Nuggets. Um, dark horse contender. I want to go Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Only as far because Kenny Atkinson gets severe, criminally underpunished coaching praise severely. You're taking a Brooklyn team that hadn't been to the playoffs since 2015, I believe, and taking them into Philly and splitting the series with them. If you're able to do that against a team with Joel, Jimmy, Ben, JJ, all these good people, you have a chance of doing something in the playoffs overall. And I just the way they were ending their season on the role they've been and how well they're playing together and the team chemistry they're having with each other. It looks like they're a bunch of brothers on the court. I feel like they can absolutely get as far all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I really my uh, dark horse is going to be the Rockets. Um, I think some people could have them winning, but the, what? The Rockets are good. <laughs> yeah, they're also like a five seed, though. They're fourth. Uh, four seed, but that's... They're right in the middle. Why is that? Uh, my Dark Horse contender is going to be the uh, Portland Trailblazers. Uh, even though they're a three seed, uh, a lot of people were sleeping on them coming into the postseason with the fact that they lost. What? Apparently a three seed's a lad, but a four seed isn't. <laughs> it's not about the seed number. It's about... <laughs> right, 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 go ahead. No, go ahead. Talk about the Portland Trailblazers. Sorry, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's no, I'm salty. Go ahead. Nobody's I'm salty. There's no Go ahead. Good. <laughs> done, Josh. You done. My dark horse contender is going to be the uh, Portland Trailblazers. Um, there was a low expectations coming into the postseason, considering the fact that they lost uh, Nurkic with a broken leg and McCollum was injured right before the playoffs started. Um, so Dame really had to shoulder the load for the team, and uh, a lot of people were picking the Thunder to actually pull the upset in the first round. But uh, the way they've come out in uh, games one of two and games one and two for the first round, um, they definitely uh, opened some eyes, uh, especially for me. Um, and I definitely think they could maybe advance to the conference finals. All right, next question. Dear from the sidelines, 
Who do you all think is the biggest surprise or takeaway from the first round of the playoffs? I'm going to go with the Trailblazers. Um, I think winning two games against the Thunder and winning by 20 points in game two is just a big step up for them after the previous years they've had in the playoffs. And I think that they've been the biggest sur- surprise for me. What do you all think? Uh, my my storyline is going to be uh, the Warriors losing to the Clippers. I think we all chalked that one up as a sweep. Uh, and then they had a 31-point lead and lost uh, game two at home. So, Yep, totally agree. Uh, I guess we have time for one more. Hey, guys, I wanted to get your thoughts on Boogie Cousins tearing his quad. After tearing his Achilles, he signed a cheap one-year deal with the Warriors in hopes of proving himself worthy of receiving a big contract next year. Since he caught hurt yet again, what do you guys think about the future going forward for Cousins? Well, when you're seven foot tall and uh, you put as much force onto your knees and ankles as Boogie Cousins does, coming down like a meteorite when he jumps, uh, you got to take into effect how healthy you are overall to even go for a contract. If I am any NBA GM and after seeing this one year with him in the little time he did play, I'm not giving him anything more than 15 mil. Nothing. And that's on a three-year contract. I'm not doing that. He, he is too much of a liability, and he's starting to get up there in age as well. And you, you got to take these things into accountability. Yeah, I wonder what uh, Noah's thoughts on that are, <laughs> given earlier in the podcast and just now. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, my thoughts on Boogie are very... Uh... <laughs> unedited so let's just uh, hope for the best for him guys let's just hope for the best all right and that concludes our debut segment from the mailbag uh, if you have any questions you would like to hear on the next time we run this segment uh, please email us at the ftspod at gmail.com and as always be sure to give us a follow on instagram and twitter at the ftspod Again, that's at the FTS pod. Um, again, uh, join our predict the pick contest on NFL.com. Uh, the group name is from the sidelines. Uh, again, we'll tweet out the link uh, so you can check our Twitter if you would like to uh, join via Twitter. Uh, if you have any problems or have any questions uh, while signing up for that, and please be sure to DM us or email us. Uh, and uh, hope we, we hope you enjoyed the show. For you listeners that can't see, Noah's trying to troll with Devin, trying to get him to mess up. So if you heard that laugh. <laughs> Bye. Have a great time. Bye. Have a great Bye, time. Have a great time. <laughs>